Hey, I'm Camille Joy, the host and creator of the Moments of Joy podcast, the place that will leave you surely feeling motivated, inspired, and encouraged. Welcome to the show. I need the joy, the joy of the Lord in my heart. I need to make an exchange. Welcome back to another episode of the Moments of Joy podcast, MVPs. I thank you for coming back and joining me for another episode. You guys make it all worth it. If this is your first time and you have no idea what I'm talking about, MVPs are the most valuable players in this community. (laughs) They are the ones that share. They're the ones that like. They're the ones that leave rates and reviews. They're a part of this community, and we have this podcast together. It is not just mine, but it's yours, MVPs. If this is your very first time, welcome to the show. I want to invite you to go back and listen to all the wonderful episodes that we have available for you. We've, I've been podcasting for about two years now. Next month in August will be our second anniversary, and it's been quite a ride. Not only do I share bits and pieces of my testimony and how I've overcome many obstacles and knocked down many barriers in order to become who I am today, I share different testimonies from different people. Our guests have had amazing stories. We've had stories from Sana Latrice, people like Sana Latrice, who's a foster um, advocate. She was raised by um, a foster parent. Her real parents were drug addicted, and she takes us through her journey. People like Deani Edwards, who has a powerful story of being young and homeless, being raped by a family member from 4 to 11 years old. There's people like um, Tamika Isaac, who is living and telling her testimony of contracting HIV and AIDS. There was a story of um, Shakira Newton-Levy, who had the courage to leave where she was and to journey on across the country to start a new life in Dallas, Texas. A whole bunch of stories. There's there's many, many stories on the podcast and many, many guests that I have had, and I think that you would enjoy them. So I want to invite you to go back through the archives, like, um, download, subscribe. Also, leave a rate and review. Even you guys, MVPs, you can rate and review episodes as many times as you'd like. But what this does is it helps us. And so I will beg of you, MVPs and new listeners, to go ahead and rate and review this podcast by simply scrolling down um, in the Apple Podcast Forum. And there you go, leaving your five stars and your review. Also, you can leave a review on Facebook. That will help us tremendously as we move on into our third year, headed toward our third year. Well, this episode, I'm going to chat with um, a woman, and her name is Camille Boyd. That should be a lot of fun. (laughs) Another woman named Camille. But Camille Boyd is 
someone who, after 30 years in the industry of education, a former teacher, um, she practices speech pathology, and Camille Boyd saw a need that children, parents, and educators were having. She shares her passion by helping others take back their power. She has helped many children, families, and schools see that they can have success by using simple steps to build kindness learning communities that create, reinforce, and maintain personal identity, student safety, and accountability partnerships. Camille Boyd believes that there's a solution to the fear and violence that comes and impacts our communities by the development of our children, challenging educators, and it affects families and community connections. Building kindness in strategic ways into our curriculum, parenting, and educating methods is a part of, is a vital part of this process. Now, I wanted to speak with Camille Boyd because she is a speech pathologist, and many of you know I share my journey um, as a mom, and my three-year-old is autistic. And with autism, you need to have a speech pathologist to help them to be able to speak, develop their words, learn how to insert their words properly into the sentences. And so that's why I thought that it would be awesome to have her. But not only do they work with children with autism, but they work with all children. So this should be very educating and informative for us all. All right, here we go. I'm so excited to have with us today, Miss Camille Boyd. Welcome to the show, Camille. Thank you so much, Camille Joy. I love your name. <laughs> now, this is a real treat. It should be fun calling each other Camille throughout the show. <laughs> so welcome to the show. I'm especially excited to have you here because you are a specialist and an autism specialist. Um, and I share very often um, on the show that we have a little autistic buddy, um, Mason, and he's the joy of our life, but it's an honor to have you here today. Thanks Thank for you so me. much. You're welcome. Um, as we get started, you are a professional speech pathologist, and you've been doing this for over 30 years, correct? Yes, ma'am. So what made you get into this field? Well, I have always been um, a person who loves to communicate and talk to others and at the same time helping others. And um, my uh, wonderful dad, who's now in heaven, uh, he recommended, he's like, well, why don't you try speech? Mm -hmm. um, and so here I am 30 years later. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's really cool because children don't really take the recommendation of their parents too too much <laughs> <laughs> it's true <laughs> yeah but that's amazing that you valued his opinion and you went right for it yes yes yeah. and i've loved it ever since mm -hmm. that's awesome and now um where did you grow up i grew up in long island north babylon okay. um, new york and I'm one of five. I'm the youngest of five. And, oh, um, wow. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And did you know I have five? Uh, yes. I did. Oh, Look at yes. this. Our names are Camille <laughs> and we have five on five. <laughs> yes. So beautiful. Now let's talk a little bit about autism. Uh, for those that really don't understand what it is, because I didn't truly understand until my son was 
diagnosed what it really was. Um, can you explain to us what autism is? Sure. So I'm going to give you first a, um, a um, physical diagnosis that you would hear from the DSM, which is the category of medical diagnosis. Mm -hmm. Autism and spectrum disorders are a group of neurologically based conditions that impact language, which is what you understand and express. Communication is how you express something and socialization, how you engage with others. Those are the three major areas that are that, in, that autism impacts. Yeah, that's really good. Yep, that describes my little Macy to the T. <laughs> Sometimes he can get so frustrated because he can't say a word, but then other times he'll just like yesterday, he surprised me. We bought my son up a, a basketball hoop for his room. And he, he went in there and he was like, basketball, basketball. Yay! And we were like, what? <laughs> <laughs> and Camille Joy, I have to tell you that um, oftentimes children need a reason, um, especially children that have autism. Mm -hmm. They need a reason to use their words. Mm. And so the basketball was relative. He used the word relative to his excitement with the basketball. Yeah. <laughs> and that's really good. That's what we want to try to enforce. <laughs> <laughs> um, so speech pathology. Can, can you speak to us a little bit about your field and what yes. you do? So a speech pathologist is certified and trained um, in the areas of uh, speech, which includes articulation, how sounds are produced, um, and uh, language, which has two sections, receptive, which is the comprehension, what you understand, and expressive language is what you express, the words and how you produce the words. Mm -hmm. Our um, other area is pragmatics, which is social language, how you use your words to communicate and um, interact with others in your environment. Um, so the, the, the section of speech pathology concerning children is that, um, that very area. We have other areas for adults as well. But for this podcast I, and, and the interests that we're talking about. Mm -hmm. it, it, that, those are the concerns and the areas that we've been trained for children. Because um, different children, they they just use the words correctly. And so what a speech pathologist would come in and do is reinforce language and reinforce receiving the language. Reinforce receiving the language, mm -hmm. especially early intervention. It's very important because let's say a child has words, but they don't, um, they may have a, a difficulty paying attention. They miss a lot of information and then, you know, later on become struggling readers because they're, they haven't caught the code to reading right. and um, also the comprehension that's re related to that. And that's later on. Right. And I, when Mason was diagnosed, he was going on to, but um, that was pretty early to some people because I think they hadn't gotten their children diagnosed till they were like six or seven or maybe five. So how, what made, made that change? Well, I think in the, the, the medical fields, uh, which speech pathology is considered an educational and a medical field, mm -hmm. um, the, um, we have decided um, in all of the organizations that early intervention is key. Mm -hmm. 
Okay. And uh, um, within the last 10 years, I'd say, diagnoses are made early and it's best to um, make sure, I mean, it doesn't have to, because an autism diagnosis does not have to stick. Right. Okay. Meaning that it can be an initial diagnosis that should guide the treatment, not the um, how you treat a person. That's good. That's really good. That's a good quote right there. Because I think um, a lot of times it's so it's so discouraging to parents when you learn that you have a special needs child. Um, and so that's if a good I, quote. It's, it's, it's something that, and this is the reason why I, um, the, I've done private practice for about 20, 22 years, mm-hmm. going on 23. And the, my passion with it is that it's key for parents because it's, it's almost like when you hear um, in the medical field or from a psychologist, it almost sounds from a parent's perspective that um, it's, a, it's a life sentence. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's almost like uh, when you get a diagnosis for your child um, that has spe- that, that's exhibiting special needs, right. um, it becomes, it's almost like the room gets quiet and the diagnosis becomes bigger than the child. Mm-hmm. And I think it's key for parents to know how to think about autism. Separate the diagnosis from your child. You are still the authority on this child who has been brought into your life and you have yes. to learn your child and your child's middle or last name is not autism. Mm-hmm. It's not ADHD. It's not any of those things. And sometimes when they give the diagnosis, they make you feel like the diagnosis goes before your child. Mm-hmm. And I think also because there's not really a lot of, you know, teaching for other people that really don't have autistic children or, you know, I mean, why would they really have a need to learn it? Um, you know, if, if your child is not autistic, but you get a lot of silly responses from people as well that are not the parent and it, and it keeps, I've noticed a few parents that never share that their children were on the spectrum. And, um, once I shared that Mason were was I got a lot of inboxes and I was like wow I didn't know and you know I know that other people are private but myself I've experienced some silly responses (laughs) and I think um especially in the faith of, of Christianity um there is this notion that because we are saved, there's never supposed to be a struggle or um anything that is wrong Um, So what I was able to easily accept and um, notice that Mason had autism already because he was born with congenital heart disease. Okay. So he, we had already gone through three heart surgeries. So once I noticed that um, he was changing a little bit after open heart surgery, a few months after he was um, not responding to his name, um, you know, just words that I felt like he should have already because he's, he was my fifth child. I knew. So not too long after he turned one, um, we got birth to three services and then, um, got him diagnosed. But I heard people say to me, Oh, don't put that on him. He doesn't have autism 
or you know like there's some magic scripture that you can say to to heal them and i cannot stand that i really don't so so what do you say to parents that are are that are facing that right now well i would say first of all that um i want to say you're a rock star for um following up on the diagnosis yes thank you um i think there for some reason unfortunately there's still a lot of shame around because a child is supposed to be a reflection of you and it it's not about performance it's about the beauty of the child yes the child is a reflection of you Mm -hmm. and um i would say to a parent first of all um face what you see yeah whatever your mommy or daddy knower tells you go in and get it checked out Mm -hmm. and second i would say to the parent that um, get the help that the early interventionist um, are recommending, but at the same time, put yourself in your mindset that you are your child's best advocate and that you know best. Yes. Because over the years, there have been many, um, uh, different kinds of interventions that are, are almost ridiculous to think about. Mm -hmm. Wow. Wow. And so if something doesn't sound right or doesn't agree with your child, then you know best. And, and, and it, it takes courage, but you have to convince yourself, I know best no matter what they tell me about um, this being the best way to do it, or my child will never speak. Anytime you hear a diagnostician, whether mm. it be medical um, or whether it be a therapist, say to you, never vote with your feet. Mm-hmm. That's right. I I had to stand up for my little one so much. And I remember when he received open heart surgery, um, he was becoming so traumatic because as you know, anytime you go into the hospital, it just, I only know about hospitals from childbirth. Uh, so anytime you're trying to breast, here they come, they want to take your vitals all over again. And so that's what was happening with Mason. And I had to, at one point, just put my foot down and say, he, he doesn't need any more checks. He, he's fine because he's waking up screaming at the top of his lungs. And all you're doing is um, listening to his heartbeat or taking his temperature. So I asked them for the rest of the night to leave him alone. And I put my foot down and said, you don't need to come in here every hour. He's fine. I want to commend you. I yeah. want to commend you. Mm-hmm. And, and that needs to be done throughout the history of your child growing up, whether it's entering school, at the doctor, at the therapist or interventionist. You know best. Yeah. And I think um, a lot of times we don't know that we can say no. Right. Yeah. But you can say no in any instance. I remember even giving childbirth and I was so, during childbirth, I was so emotional and I was so kind of out of it because I had just had a C-section and um, I had a catheter mm-hmm. <laughs> and they took the <laughs> catheter out and um, the nurse comes back in and she's like, we have to put the catheter back in. And I just start crying. I just yeah. I've had it. <laughs> and, right. 
And my husband's like, what's wrong? And I'm like, I don't want the catheter back in. I'm just worn out. And he was like, you're not giving her the catheter, he said to the, to the nurse. You go tell the doctors. They have to figure out how they're going to test her another way because they're not doing it. And she was like, well, you, you have to. He's like, no, we don't. And then, hey, they figured out another way. But that's where I learned that I could say no. I had no idea because I had never done that before in my life. When I had Mason, I was 31. 31 years, I never said no to a doctor. <laughs> so and you're about, not alone. You're not yeah. alone. Mm-hmm. It's so important. You are a rock star in that area because many people decide, well, I don't know what to do, so maybe somebody else knows better than me. Yeah. Nope, say no. Uncomfortable, you don't have to do it. So true. Mm -hmm. So I like that you give hope to the parent that this is not a forever diagnosis. And autism diagnosis just means you have, you know that your child is a special kid. (laughs) That's exactly right. Yeah. And, but there'll also be other things that, that um, you need to know. I'm just like, I'm remembering my mm-hmm. first class out of, I went to Queens College for my undergrad. Okay. And when I finished, I was a speech language pathology assistant and I was teaching a class mm-hmm. and it was a class for autistic um, uh, preschoolers. And they were so adorable. But the, my point is, is that from the beginning, I've had a passion to see what your personality is like. And in that year, it was 1989, my kids, I had six kids, they washed cars and they donated money to um, the Africa Fund. Oh, wow. And so they were able to do that sensory, you know, some had the ones that had sensory issues, they took the money, Mm -hmm. the other ones that didn't have sensory issues, they washed the cars. (laughs) (laughs) That's funny. Yes. So the possibilities are endless. Look at your child's personality over the diagnosis. So I'm laughing and you're laughing because we understand what sensory issues are. What, what, what are sensory issues? Okay, sensory issues are something that oftentimes will um, have a child separate from you, whether it's they are um, sensitive to noise, Mm -hmm. where you and I may hear uh, um, something drop on the table and it sounds like that. To them, it may sound like an earthquake. Mm -hmm. Um, Or touch, where uh, a soft touch on the shoulder might be to a to you and I may feel like a welcoming thing um, it may be like needles to a child with sensory issues right so you those those are the things that uh, the sensory perception how you perceive sight sound and touch mm-hmm. may be different yeah my little one he doesn't like his hands dirty even ah. when he's eating, if like he's eating pizza and the pizza sauce is getting on his hands, he like immediately has to wipe it. It's like, no. <laughs> <laughs> so we have messy play um, with um, shaving cream, shaving foam. I'll um, smash his little hands in it. <laughs> that is such a good way to de- 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 what we call desensitize mm-hmm. that um, providing a di- variety of different textures with pleasurable interactions with a mommy or daddy 
or teacher um, parent the situation with a more pleasurable circumstance where you may not change that, but you, um, he might be able to tolerate it more in different environments. So good for you. Oh, thank you so much. <laughs> what, what other advice do you have for parents? Um, here is another thing which I think is priority. Um, in the early intervention, find quality interventionists. You don't just have to take the ones, like for instance, birth to three, mm. whatever um, the organization, like for instance, ASHA, American Speech and Hearing Association, ASHA.org, gives a list of licensed SLP, speech language pathologists. And you can check out their profile and find out about them. There are different, their state organizations. Find out about your interventionists, find out about your doctors and figure out, does this person kind of pair with me? Oh, wow. Um, and so that's really important. Um, what I've found as well is that don't choose the, the world-renowned doctor or the world-renowned interventionist. Mm -hmm. Why? Because they are busy. Okay. And they are usually, um, sent, they will send interns. Yes. And you wind up with the reputation, but not the care that you need. Mm. Wow. Thanks for sharing that. Yeah. Uh, the other thing is be kind to yourself and your child. Yeah. That kindness has to be, you have to develop um, a, um, a meditation for yourself. I can do this. Mm -hmm. God has given me this child and, and he is a gift mm -hmm. and he's so funny and he's so smart and he's so capable of doing this. He's so good on his feet. Begin to speak those words and you don't have to use a lot of words, but use your smile, use your voice and use your engagement to compliment in an authentic way yourself and your child. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah. That's it's great. so important. Mm -hmm. It is very important. Even when, when, you know, normal things like he's using the potty, he'll have a big smile on his face when we are like, yay, Mason. <laughs> <laughs> right. Oh, like, mommy is pleased. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> what did I do? <laughs> And I have to tell you, Camille Joy, that goes a long way in terms of, as a parent, that's why I say the parents have power. And that's, again, why I call my company Take Back Your Power. Mm. Because giving the parent back their power to communicate joy to their mm -hmm. child helps them to receive the communication and then begin to, to engage in that same communication. Because joy and kindness are contagious. Yeah, they are. I um I know that it can be a little overwhelming for parents, especially young parents, um, because I often um, mentor young moms, and um, I know of quite a few young moms who have autistic children, and they're just very overwhelmed sometimes. Absolutely, yeah. I, I do understand it there because there are so many things I, that I'm sure that go along with it. Mm -hmm. schedules being different, sleeping patterns sometimes are, can be an issue or a challenge, mm -hmm. being able to communicate directions and have your child follow directions. Right. It's all, it can be overwhelming because your other children may have followed mm -hmm. directions and, and with a certain, um, you know, word or demonstration. It, it is different, but still possible. 
Right. And, and speaking of other children, um, do you have any advice for ch- helping um, to teach siblings about autism or how to handle um, the child who might have the diagnosis? Absolutely. I suggest, strongly suggest that um, get involved with one of the and the many of your local autism societies. The, the National Autism Society is a great venue that gives information to parents just um, and children, the siblings of, to help the family understand as you grow how to engage with your child, um, how to not take it personal if, you know, and just some of the things because sometimes it seems that the child with autism gets more attention. And so it can be difficult for the other children. So there are things, there are social stories for siblings of autistic children. I'm laughing because yesterday, (laughs) <laughs> I I was, I took a moment, I just stopped in the kitchen, I turned around, and I looked at my son, he's 13, and I, um, you know, the baby, he, he has his moments, he can cry at any given moment, and for, you know, I want to say for no reason, but it may seem like no reason to us, but it's something wrong, and sometimes it can go on for an hour it can and nothing will help and so i just turned around and looked at my son because he didn't he doesn't get that when mason's going that you know this is a tough time so he's like mom i think i understand you now he was like mason's screaming and then i'm bothering you with a million questions i was like <laughs> yes <laughs> Finally, you get it. I am so happy you understand because I was trying to explain to him so many different ways, but it was just not getting through. So I was happy that he understood that this has to be a family effort. Let's just pause when Mason's going because otherwise, mommy's going to get on emotional overload. (laughs) That is, you know, you've really done a wonderful job explaining to your your 13 year old about how how it it makes you feel and how you know you're trying to navigate this thing as a parent but mm. you can't do it all with yeah when when those things are happening mm-hmm. that's awesome and and better than the national autism society that that piece of advice and experience that you have is yeah. golden yeah and then you know making sure that you as a parent just continue to do things um, you know, that are for you. So self-care, even if it's having a cup of tea, which I make sure I drink. I love loose leaf tea from Carson Aesthetic. So I yes. drink my pot of tea every day, um, you know, and in quarantine, sometimes I was getting, uh, you know, just used to like, oh, well, I can stay in my pajamas. <laughs> I'm not going right. anywhere. So I'm, you know, I'm, we're, we're still in quarantine down here, um, re-quarantine. So now I'm like, okay, I have to get up in the morning and um, get dressed and do my hair and at least put some Carmex or Blistex on. <laughs> and then it, it helps to, um, you know, lighten the mood as I have to teach and be a mom. 
<laughs> well, Camille Joy, you have mentioned a great and important point, and that is mm. keep a schedule. Yes. And maybe it doesn't all work out, but if you are shooting for the schedule, you have some kind of focus as to what happens next. Yes. It's breakfast time. It's play time. It's nap time. It's mm. um, tablet time. It's, yes. and, and so there's a beginning and an end to everything. Mm-hmm. And it, may, it's, it doesn't always go smoothly. Yes. But the expectation is to begin to expect. Yes. And that's what's important to have a schedule creates expe- expect expectation. Mm-hmm. And expectation is one of the foundations of communication. Yes, absolutely. That's amazing. Any other advice that you have before we go uh, into what you're doing? Sure, absolutely. I would say that um, in addition to finding an organization, the national organization, there are some um, free, free things that are always available, like, for instance, on YouTube, Everyday Speech, it's called. And they do um, video social stories for siblings as well as entertaining things for um, uh, little guys and girls with autism. Mm. And so everyday speech is what that's called. And they have an enormous amount of videos that they're unending. Yep. Mm -hmm. So it's sometimes it's the actual social story. Sometimes Mm -hmm. it's, this is what makes you happy or sad and, and just very entertaining things. And it explains a lot. Um, and I would say the last thing, and, and it's not a, a finite list, mm-hmm. is discover your son or daughter that, and I'll give you an example. Mm-hmm. Um, my, my son, when he was a baby, he would close his eyes and I thought he was asleep the whole time. Mm-hmm. But when I would close, he was born in the summer, actually, July 2nd. Oh wow! Happy birthday! Yes, he's twenty-two now. Oh my goodness! Wow, it's amazing. Um, So, but when he would close his eyes, when I open would close the blinds, suddenly he opened his eyes, and I realized that he was a child that did not like a lot of light in his face. Mm, Wow! And so he didn't tell it to me because he was a baby; couldn't. Right, right. Um, But at the same time when you, you have to learn your child Mm -hmm. and then you can not, not, um, you know, sequester the environment to every little thing, but know the things that are working and the things that don't. Right. Right. And so that's really important because it goes past the diagnosis and it keeps your son and daughter, um, and keeps you in the position of the no that, okay, this is what works for my baby. Because unfortunately, like I was saying before, some of the, the interventions from the past were almost eva- um, invasive to children. Wow. And parents would say yes, because they thought, well, maybe they know better than I do. Right. What, what, kind, of, what kind of ways were they invasive? Okay, so for instance, there would be, um, and this was a little while off, where um, being able to withhold something from a child until, and and like almost put it, like almost that teasing distance Mm -hmm. until they would say the word. Oh, okay. And causing, you know, like a major meltdown. Right, right. 
And wow. that would be part of um, it, some of the other, um, one of the other areas that are really important to um, children with autism is ABA, Applied Behavioral Analysis. Mm -hmm. And they are the behavior therapist. And right. some of those behavior techniques from early on mm -hmm. were very um, invasive. Right. Wow. And they yeah. did not, you know, they were looking at expected behavior, but mm -hmm. not at the expectation of the child. Wow, that's awesome. You know what? I think what you said before um, about learning your child mm -hmm. really helps. You know, even though we are going to, you know, therapy as parents, uh, you know, different, you know, um, speech pathology speech therapy or behavior therapy, still learning your child. So you can apply what they said, but then you can also tweak and do according to your child. Right. It's so key and so important because sometimes people that only spend a half an hour with your child or an hour, mm -hmm. they're doing the best that they can, but they don't know what it's like when bubbles just spontaneously come or a wind comes and causes right. a giggle. Right. Oh my goodness. Mason loves bubbles. <laughs> that is so funny. That is his, the joy of his life. Yes. I have to hide them or, you know, he'll want to go for 20 hours. <laughs> like, oh great. He's distracted. Oh, you put them back. <laughs> and that's so cute. The last thing, and again, it's not a last thing, but in your package that you were given as a blessing as a parent, mm -hmm. there are unpacked treasures like a map. Mm -hmm. You are the best navigator for your child. Wow. That's beautiful. Absolutely. Wow. <laughs> and that's really for every child. That really yes. goes for, you know, all parents all parents it's absolutely so because especially i would encourage any parent when you enter into the educational system mm -hmm. don't go with boxing gloves but go with an education right wow and that's sit at the tables and know what they're teaching your child right. That's get right. in if you don't understand even for and your other children mm -hmm. understand the math the english you don't have to know everything that the teacher knows right but understand what they're teaching and how your child um is engaging with it right i, I think the i'm sorry no go ahead mm -hmm. the most valuable thing that i've learned as a parent is you have to see it when children get into the school system mm -hmm. It is worth your time to drop in at least mm. once a year and see. Yes. Because you will know your baby, mm -hmm. your son or daughter, and you will know how it's working for them. Mm -hmm. And even the older ones that are telling, oh, well, mom, this is really hard and they don't like mm -hmm. me or they didn't do mm -hmm. this. You'll see, and you don't have to say it out loud, yes. but you'll say to yourself, oh, yes. I understand what he or she was yes. talking about. That is so true. <laughs> Absolutely. I, I was recently sharing on a podcast that I have my oldest son. He's really mild mannered and he's really a good kid. Um, he's, he's a leader and he is like the friend that 
all his friends call when they need someone to talk to. He's like the mm. child counselor of his friends. <laughs> oh. So I remember him being in high school and I kept getting reports from a math teacher. Now I had never received bad reports about him really his whole life. Mm -hmm. So I was like, what is the problem? And it was for silly things. Like he, he was speaking out to tell the class to be quiet if they were too loud, then he would be the one to get in trouble. Mm. And so I felt like she was picking on my son. Um, so report card conference came and he had a C and everything else he had an A. So I was questioning why he had a C. And she said, a C is good enough. And I was like, what? what? <laughs> not in my home. You know, I gave her a whole speech. A C is not acceptable. I, I don't allow him to bring home C's. And um, I said, okay, so we're two weeks into this new marking period. I want to see all of his grades right now. Can I see them? And she had no grades for him. Mm. And and I was like, oh, okay. So I talked to his guidance counselor. And uh, that week when I got home, I checked the mail. And she had mailed me his grades. And he had all AIDS. Coincidentally. Coincidentally. It yes. makes a difference. Yes. So we do have to stay on our children, listen to them, uh, and, you know, and do that peek in. Yes. Parent involvement changes everything. It really does. <laughs> and now so Camille you are tell us a little bit about your business and what you're doing right now okay so in this 30 years of therapy which I've loved every minute of it um what I have found <clears throat> to be the um the most profound thing is that that very thing parent involvement that a child can have speech language pathology um therapy intervention and sometimes when you have a diagnosis of autism, those therapies can go on to high school and vocationally and on. Mm -hmm. um, and, but if you don't have a parent that understands the process and is engaged as a partner, and it's not that parents don't want to be engaged, but sometimes early on they've been told, let us handle it. Right. And so right. they kind of sort of take a back seat to the professionals, mm -hmm. but it, what I found in, is that I, and recently, two years ago, I changed the structure of my private practice and changed the actual name of my business to Take Back Your Power, because parents need to receive their power in order for everything in regards to communication to work well for their child. Yes. And so what my company does is that I am instructing and guiding the parent who is the, the authority on their child on how to engage in simple ways to keep their child's social communication and their expression going forward. Mm -hmm. And I think it's really, it, the things that are, do, that are happening right now are really key because distance learning for, for children, um, some children did not work well. Yeah. And we're not sure what school will look like in September. Mm -hmm. And children with services, this has been devastating. Right. And it so really what has. we're doing, it really has. Mm -hmm. What we're doing is trying to, um, as, as we always do, recreate what's necessary to go forward. Mm -hmm. 
So right now, I, I've done um, consultation with parents. I offer services and a family plan that would increase a child's um, ability to engage and communicate in a few steps, it, not to overwhelm a parent, but teach them how to do the one thing that will move the needle on communication and help your child be joyous and um, engaging and just enjoy communicating with others. That's beautiful. I have a question I just thought of. Yes. Children with autism, they're not the only ones that need speech pathology, are they? Absolutely not. Um, yeah. Children, we have all kinds of children that have uh, issues might be with stuttering. Mm -hmm. It may be with um, producing words where their speech is not intelligible. Mm -hmm. um, it could be difficulty expressing themselves where, um, let's say for children that have a learning disability, mm -hmm. they, before they're diagnosed with a learning disability, because learning disabilities aren't diagnosed till about seven or eight, Mm -hmm. it's an expressive language issue or receptive right. language issue. So those, right. sometimes those are the building blocks. Mm -hmm. And so we deal with that. And then there's pragmatic language. Some children difficulty um, making friends, learning how to sustain conversations, learning how to express their emotions before a meltdown. Right, right. And so that goes across the board. That's not only children with autism. Mm -hmm. I and wanted it, to say that because I know so many parents are listening and I want them to just know that your services are available to all children. Yes, all children. And all I have parents. taught all children and all parents and I love to um, recreate what's necessary for the parent to be able to thrive with their child and to be put in the position of, of power that they should have as a partner. Mm -hmm. And so, um, oh, I'm sorry. Mm -mm, nope. So the, the, the thing that, that out of this distance learning that I'm finding is that we're now offering um, a course called, it's a training, a live Zoom called um, Social Communication Training for the Parent. And it just, he, it, it, so that you don't feel powerless during this period of time where you have no interventionist coming in your home maybe, um, or you don't have active therapies and you feel like your child is regressing. Mm -hmm. And this course helps you to get back on track, not to do everything the therapist does, but to do one thing to move the needle so your child can keep going, progressing. Amazing. How can they get in touch with you if they want to um, speak with you or to be a part of the programs that you offer? Absolutely. So um, on my website is www.takebackyourpower.com. It's spelled a little different. Um, take, of course, the word take back, same way to spell it. Instead of your, Y-O-U-R, it's your, U-R, power. Takebackyourpower.com. Awesome. And I'll put the link to your website in the description of the show so that they can just click on from there as well. Yes. And I, I just want to encourage, I'm reducing the, the cost of the course is usually $199. The first, um, the, the, the first level of courses are going to be offered July 7th and 9th. Mm -hmm. And it's an hour course that will be well worth your time to begin to set your child back into the area of progression. Mm -hmm. 
Awesome. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you, Camille Joy. <laughs> it was such a pleasure to have you. Thank you very much. It was a pleasure to be here. Thank you so much. Yeah, so before we click off of the show, is there any other little piece of advice that you'd love to give? I would say I just love parents, and I, I just want to speak to all the parents. You are loved, and no matter what the situation is and how bad it may seem, keep going. It'll be okay. Yes. Thank you so much. Thank you. Look forward to connecting with you. And um, if you're listening for the first time, we release episodes every single Wednesday. And don't forget, you always have the option to choose joy. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.